Welcome to the Swingers Club, a social gathering for various golfers hosted by Joe, Matt and Sam. Good day and welcome back ladies and gents. You are of course with the Swingers Club Golf Podcast and as usual we have some healthy debate ready for your entertainment and another fascinating interview with a player on the mini tours. Uh, we all, we're going to touch on today what's going on in Ireland, how they're getting back to golf and how it may affect us. But first of all, uh, as usual, let's touch in with the guys. I'm Joe, I'm with Matt and I'm with Sam. How's it going, boys? I, I get uh, the point there's not going to be too much new. Just just tell me you're all OK, lad. Sam, how are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm good. Good, good, good. Matthew, can you confirm you're also good? I can confirm I am also good. Um, I want the most positive, most positive <laughs> review we've had from Matthew. No, I'm, uh, I'm all right. Like forced down his throat as well. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm all right today. I'm all right. I've just, uh, I've literally, I've got my laptop on in front of me as I normally do when we're recording podcasts, just in case there's anything that quickly needs to be googled. Um, and I can see that the PGA Tour have just tweeted the uh, 31 shots to celebrate Rory's 31st birthday. Um, so I was literally, I just had that playing in the background watching these absolute worldy golf shots from Rory McIlroy. So the world is good. What more could you want? So you're good again. Well, that is, that's good to hear, mate. And you run 10K. I did my first 10K this morning. So that was, that's really impressive. I want to hand out Swingers Club congratulations to you, Matthew. Thanks. Could you hang out Um, some Swingers Club's new quadriceps, please? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can sort that out for you. (laughs) All right, boys, without any further ado then. There's, uh, there was some news that stirred up the Matt Holbrook Twitter account, something chronic, the other day. And that was Ireland's announcement, uh, their reopening golf announcement. But it was more the small print that got you, Matt. Because uh, basically their government's exit plan states, uh, basically mem- members who live with, within five kilometres uh, can go back and play. For those outside that, they won't be able to play until the 8th of June. And for those that live outside 20 kilometres, it's the 20th of July. And I mean, for us, that kind of sparked a few questions. You know, is it is it fair? How many people actually live within five kilometres? How's it going to be policed? And, and will we follow suit? Well, lads, what do we think of that? Well, I mean, I'll tell you, the, the, I mean, firstly, it's worth me pointing out that um, I, I kind of started a little thread on Twitter just to, so, sometimes I use I use it as a, not, people are going to laugh and like a therapy thing, but sometimes I just use it to, because I have stuff flying around in my mind and I sometimes think that just getting it out and, and putting it out there and kind of <laughs> stress testing my thinking against some more level-headed people can sometimes be a, a quite a beneficial thing. Um, and I also appreciate that, that we haven't been told that that will be the case in the UK but I did hear and see some people saying tweeting that that may also be the case in the UK and um, yeah it's not it's not my idea of, uh, of of an answer but I don't think it's yeah I don't think it's the right thing to do personally well, but I'm not I'm not in, I'm not in charge so no what about you, what what your... about you Joe well I'm definitely with Matt because I just don't, I don't think it is fair. I don't think enough people live within five kilometres. What difference does it make if you're just in the car a little bit longer? Um, it is going to be so difficult to police. I, I do hope we're not going to follow one, but obviously I'm going to hope that because um, I want to go back to work and not all my students live within five kilometres of 
off their golfing facility. So it's just going to be more time for us kind of golf pros not working. So looking at it from a selfish point of view, that's my instinctive feeling. You but did, I don't you, think it makes a lot of sense. You, really. also, you also made a good point yesterday, Joe, like that your your golf club in particular in, in the beautiful Suffolk countryside, um, you know, like is it five kilometres to the to the gate? Is it five kilometres to the pro shop door? Because from the gate to your car park at your golf course is about a kilometre drive. We have got a lengthy driveway. Yeah, you know, so, so that rules out an extra. Is it? Few. Yeah, is it by the crow flies? Is it by road? Is it? There's a few different questions. I must admit, though, I think I don't know. I, I, it's not going to be one of those things, is it? Where you kind of snap your fingers and everything's going to go back to normal. I think that, and I don't, I don't really know if, you know, obviously at the moment you're not really allowed to travel anywhere apart from if it's essential. So I'm not sure yeah. if they're then just going to all of a sudden just start sanctioning like 30, 40 mile an hour drives or 40 mile drives just, just for a, you know, do you know what I mean? Just for a bit Getting of, rec- golf. Rec- just for a bit of recreation, <laughs> which is, which obviously for, for well for, for might be a little bit different for Matthew, but for most people it is a non-essential activity. <laughs> I love the way you refer to me as Matthew. Like I don't know, I never ever call you Matthew apart from no. when we're in the podcast. Do you know what? I started about four podcasts ago, and I've started doing it as well. So. Yeah, I think. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I don't know. One of one of my wife's like best friends works uh, for the for the treasury. So she's obviously got a bit of a little bit of an inside scoop kind of um, as to what might be or what the government are kind of planning like further and further down the line. And she's sort of saying that social distancing is going to be a thing for like another year. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's going to be a long time before things go back to normal. So with that in mind, I just sort of then start to think. Oh, the guy, I can't see the government. I, I don't know if the government is going to then all of a sudden just start saying, right, you can go wherever you want, you can drive however far, blah blah blah. I just, I don't really see it. I don't really see that happening. No, no, and you're you're definitely right. I mean, from a flip side, and to kind of sugarcoat it a little bit and give you some good news, as we record this podcast, it's Monday, uh, May the fourth, Star Wars Day, and all that. Guernsey Royal Guernsey have opened today. Um, and their rules are already not quite as strict as Ireland, and I know they have the anomaly of being so small anyway. I was going to say, how um, long does it take you to get from one side of Guernsey to the other? It can't be that much more than... Well, Guernsey is nine miles long and three miles wide. <laughs> so not... Can you imagine you'd be fuming if you're on the other side of the island? <laughs> <laughs> so they haven't, got, they haven't bothered going with that rule. Today... today they have basically opened up tennis. If you're just playing a singles match, you can play golf in pairs and outdoor one-to-one coaching will now be allowed. So they've gone along a different route and the rumour has it that Royal Jersey will be doing the same in a couple of days' time. So, you know... Just Googling, sorry, ferries to Guernsey. (laughs) You you'd, um, you definitely still have to be a member, though, sadly. Ah, uh, yes, that's that's correct. That's the way it should be, in my opinion. And a, and a country membership, is that now what you're Googling? Yes, country membership. <laughs> I just think that you, the, the individual uproar of the scaled journey thing would just be so... I mean, what, it would be hard to police, but I do kind of... I do kind of understand why they're doing it, really. I, I, I get do... the idea... 
But you're right, the individual uproar would be huge. It would be monumental. Imagine living five and a half kilometres away. That is about what I am from from a golf course that I used to play at. <laughs> yeah, you'd be fuming, wouldn't I'm you? like 5.7 kilometres. But mm. you, I am, you'd be fuming. I'm within the five kilometre circle. Do you know what I mean? It's five kilometres to drive or 5.7 to drive or something. You can tell that I've obviously looked this up, by the way, can't you? Yeah, definitely. But you, you, you'd be fuming, though, to the point where you would just go, wouldn't you? If you're 5.7 kilometres, you'd just go and play golf. Now, where does that line stop? What if you're 6.7, 7.7? I just think, I don't, I don't, I don't get how it can really it's, work. Yeah, it's going to be booking, though, isn't it? So they, they, the clubs literally might just have a list of, of green light members that can play and red light members that are not still oh. banned. So, so there's a couple of things. Um, I, I do know of a few clubs in the UK that have already told members that actually, as of today, their booking system is going to be open from the 18th of May onwards. So they're able to book golf today for the 18th of May. Um, I don't know. There's this rumours around this this 18th of May date that, that is happening in the UK. Um but what these clubs have done is these clubs have um, limited golfers to book in only two or three actual tee times per week mm. to kind of stop people bulk booking. Um, you know, I'd appreciate a lot of people have got a lot of golf to make up. Um, so <laughs> until really, I think I think this time next week, we'll, we're hopefully we'll be in a better position to kind of have a good idea on dates, what it might look like. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no smoke without fire, is there? So if that date keeps getting banded around, someone must have given given those kind of governing bodies an indication. Do you not think? Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, and also, just you know, in in general, you know, like we 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 seem to be kind of a, a little way behind Ireland anyway in in, in everything that that's happened in, in regards to you know their schools shut before us their mm. um, you know they put their restrictions in place before us um, they wouldn't have let everyone go to Cheltenham like we did no exactly yeah <laughs> um, no. yeah that's, that's, yeah don't get me started on that me- um, when you look back that's mental isn't it when you look back at it that was yeah didn't think a lot of it then though do you know what I mean well, I, I didn't think a lot of it. I didn't think Christ, all those people at Cheltenham. My my but issue, my issue with that was that it was not that long after. Um... Oh God, we've opened a can of worms here, haven't we? No, no, <laughs> no. I'm not. I'm not going into this. I'm just. It, it was, it's interesting because, like, you do look back. It seems so long ago now, but it really hit home for me when the uh, Arsenal Man City game was postponed. Um, and then I think Cheltenham Festival happened after that. Um, you know, but it didn't just around that time as well. Didn't Atletico Madrid come, come to, to Liverpool? Chelsea, yeah. Liverpool, yeah. yeah, yeah, that yeah. was mental. And they like they'd already they had so many cases already. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was at that point it was almost like, are we taking it seriously or aren't we taking it seriously? Because you know, for let's face it, like the people that run the Premier League, like they generally probably feel like they're above everything and everybody else and football's the most important thing in the world to them and you know for a Premier mm. League football match of that magnitude to be called off due to it then that's when it kind of the reality sunk in for me not because it's oh my god I'm, I'm an Arsenal fan and the Arsenal game has been cancelled it was like wow that's a Premier League football match that's been called off but you're right there was other things but anyway back to back to the island and the golf topic um yeah it's, it's going to be tough to police um, look, I'd, I'm in a position where let, let's just say they did do that in the UK. Right? I'll, I'll speak openly and honestly about the fact that 
you know, I, I feel like that during these times I've supported my club in paying my membership. Um, mm. I know that during the course of the year I get more than my value for money for it. But I've, you know, I've continued to pay. Now, I've, I don't pay mine yearly, I'll be honest. I pay mine monthly. So I've not, you know, stopped my direct debit. I've not said oh, I'll start paying again when the course, you know, I've said, here, take my money. I'll support you because that's what golf courses need and clubs need, in my opinion, is they need support with their members. But I'll be mm-hmm. honest, I, I I think I'd actually cry if I knew that somebody else was able, you know, another member was able to go and play golf and I wasn't based on the <laughs> fact that I'd protect, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd back the course and, you know, I'd, I'd show my support. And then just, they're the just fact a little that, bit closer. Because they're a little bit closer yeah. to me. It just wouldn't, it you, wouldn't you sit right with me. You're on the, you're on the like further band as well, aren't you? You're like on the, uh, outside the 20k yeah. so you're literally like the the 20 the 20th of july group yeah um i, I must have, i mean it's one of those though for the, from the golf club standpoint if they i mean obviously they're not the ones making these rules really are they so they're no no if 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 they can open it to people within 5k you surely can't be like begrudging them people going to have a game the golf, the golf clubs can't. I mean, the golf clubs obviously want to get get open as soon as possible and get people out playing golf. That's that's natural. But you've got to you've got to protect your membership. And in this time where, you know, I'm sure there's not a golf club in the UK that hasn't lost members due to this. Um, you know, there's there's going to be more members that think uh, that that naturally are going to start questioning. You know, well, I'm I'm paying the same amount as that guy is up the road. Why why should he play golf and I'm not? And it's not a it's not a it's not a swipe or a jab at the at the golf club. It's more so a, a swipe and a jab at the the current scenario. You know there is there is only so long you can kind of expect people to pay for something without getting a product in return. Um, and I just think it would be dangerous for golf clubs in the UK. I think that you'd, you'd have a lot of people that would kind of pull out and move away from their their membership. Um, if they, you know, if if they had to wait an extra month purely because of where they lived, yeah. Do you not think that is not? Does that not just kind of like rub the green a little bit, like? Um, I'd, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you could argue it, but but you you tell that to the person up the road that you know maybe doesn't have the the financial power to kind of keep back in the club. You know, it's not a. It's. I don't think it. I don't think it's potentially a like a spiteful scenario that people find themselves in, but it's a, it's a realistic one. You know, there are people that haven't renewed their membership because they can't justify it because their income may have, may have altered. Then you've got people that have maybe supported the club and continue to pay their membership because they know that golf will be there when it gets back. But there are some people that think, okay, well, I can afford to maybe keep going for another month or two without golf. But, you know, if it's another three or four months, I'm going to have to, Really evaluate that situation, and it's not a it's not a spiteful move if people say, "Look, I can't continue to pay my membership." Um, you know, if they're not if they're not playing golf, it's just mm. you know it's 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 it's, a, it's it's it can be a black and white thing for some people. Do you see what I'm? Do you, you can see where like the government I, are coming from though, where they're like, "Well, we can't all of a sudden just let people start driving like all across the country for a game of golf." It's not no, it's not essential. But if yeah. people live so close, yeah, on the on the on the face of things, if you're them, just looking at it and thinking, "Well, opens up a diff- totally different area and some more businesses," then 
I must yeah, admit, but... obviously, I, I mean, I the golf club that I live closest to, I probably wouldn't be able to play every day anyway. So for me, um, and then the club that I teach at, I'm out way outside the 20 kilometer range. So yeah. I probably wouldn't be able to play much golf if if they did bring it in, if they did bring the restrictions in. But I kind of look at it, I'm kind of looking at it from the club's point of view, really. I feel like you can't, you can't not open if I, I think I, I genuinely as well. I think you'd be quite shocked how many people. I, I think once you bring the twenty kilometer range in, I think that's going to be like the majority of the membership. Yes, the twenty kilometer range. Yes, um, my my personal opinion is the five kilometer range. Um, I think you'll be lucky if five to ten percent of your membership are are kind of fall within that category. That that five that five kilometer. And therefore, it's like, is it is it worth, you know, the, the the maintenance of the course? Is it worth, you know, running the risk of, of having, you know, because you need some kind of, of staff in place, whether it be a pro shop or I'm not saying bars are going to be open. I'm not saying clubhouse is going to be open with food and stuff. But, you know, for, for less than five or 10 percent of your members, you know, naturally your overheads might go up slightly. And is it is it going to be is it going to be worth it to get? Five to ten percent of your golfers back out. I think so. I think I, it's I do. difficult to discriminate against people just because they live closer and they've got lucky enough to be able to go go play I think golf. At yeah, no, I just think at the minute, I think if it's kind of like a rubber the green thing, really, at the minute. Yeah, I, I think agree. it's a little bit unlucky, and obviously, I do feel sorry for you because you are outside that range. But mm. from like the pro shops' point of view as well, like you can get. I'd imagine the pro shops will be open. They'll be the ones running the tee booking systems, and then. It'll be like the similar restrictions to most shops that you go into where it's like one or two people in and then at least you're opening the shop up and you can kind of start to get some sort of flow or normality or like a few sales in or what have you. So I I, I think there's there's too much there's too much kind of going against like I I understand it's good to get the courses open, it's good to get people out playing golf. Um, you know, then then you've got the policing issue, you know, like 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 we said before, like who's who's going to be stood on that tee, you know, checking bookings and and making sure people that haven't booked should book or, you know, are, are you going based on you know people's registered address or are they staying with family for whatever reason that are within a five k? You've got all these different scenarios that pop up, and I just think it'll be easier just to do do all or nothing. My gut feeling says that we won't follow the Irish way anyway in, in the in the terms of the five K. So I don't want people to <laughs> so this whole conversation is a complete <laughs> waste of time officially. <laughs> well no, I, I I I think we won't I think we won't go. I don't I don't think so what do you, I don't do you, think, do you think we're just gonna go we think you think you're just gonna go like if you're a member you can play? Um I, I don't I don't think it's gonna be as simple as that. But I don't think I think it would be very I think it would be very um Risky to put a to put a, a distance a distance measurement on it. I do generally, mm. or, or 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 a time measurement on it. So, you know, I'd I'd rather them just say, look, it's going to be the end of May, and then everyone can start playing golf again if they wish, or it'll be the second week in June, and everyone can play golf rather than saying, right, if you're within five k, you can go on the eighteenth of May. You're five to ten k, you can go on the, the week after. You're, you know, it's just, it's just too messy. It's too messy. Do you know what I'd love? 
it's impossible, so we can't do it. But I would love to have been able to do this exact same conversation if Matt lived within five yeah, kilometers no, no, no. of his golf course. No, no look, this is uh, this is the not phrase, a, so the phrase different. "sour grapes" comes to mind. No, no, because because this is not my my opinion is not based on the fact that I, you know, the fact that I I, I don't even live in the same town as the golf club. And that's that's something that I've always lived with, right? I've never I've never been a member of a club where I've kind of been that <laughs> close to it. to it. But I I I'll generally I'll put my own amount and say this is not me coming from this angle because I live twenty five minutes away from the golf club. This is me coming from the angle of uh, a group of members that potentially might might not be able to play when others can. And you know, I if I lived within the five K and that was the case, would I be playing golf? Of course I would. But would I feel guilty and would I understand the viewpoint of those that are outside the 5K that weren't able to play golf? And that's where yeah. I'm coming from. You know, this is not a, I can't play golf and other people can. I think it's really difficult. I think I'm not sure I would go with it. Well, I would go with I'd go wherever I have to. But if I was the government, I'm not sure I'd go with the 5K thing necessarily but you got to remember the government are in such an invidious position and it makes it so difficult now whatever they do decide golf clubs will just do it and then it will turn into a luck of the draw thing yeah you know and life life isn't fair sadly um i i hope i, I but, but but sam is right as well i think it almost has to be there always has to be some kind of distance um, restrictions involved, but five kilometers for me is just a little bit short. Yeah, I agree. Um, I genuinely think that they they might put some kind of restriction on it. Just, just, I think there has to be. I think there will be, but I, I think I think five kilometers is a bit short. So, so for me, for for me, if I was summing this up, I would I would like the ideal would be we get a date. There is some kind of restrictions because obviously safety is the most important thing, but it could do with being maybe a little bit longer than that. Yeah, the problem is as well with this, right? You're dealing with you're dealing with people, and you can't you can't trust a lot of people. You know, like we are we are talking about you know in I know it's not everybody, but in a, in a lot of cases we are talking about a group of people that can't repair a pitch mark and can't rake a bunker oh, properly. You know what I mean? It's, we are talking about these people. And- all those people oh live within five kilometers of a golf yeah. course. Yeah, Every I'm person sure they are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Have, I have think we, we've have we prodded. Have we prodded? Ma- have we prodded? Yeah. Matt enough there. I could, Yeah, we've got to stop. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm, I'm all right. I've had me. I've had me CBD jelly, baby. Gummy bear. Yeah, he's gummy had that, bear. and he's he's watched 31 Rory McIlroy golf shots. You can't get him today. Yeah. But anyway, unless anyone else has got anything to add on that, I think we've chewed the fat on that. And it'd be interesting to hear from the listeners what they feel. So you know how to get in touch with us, guys. The Swingers Club Golf Podcast on uh, social media. Give us, a, give us a buzz and let us know what you think. Um, but moving on from that, as you all know, we've got a thing going on. We've been talking to various golfers, starting with Sam the other week. Uh, about their experiences on the mini tours, some of the stuff that generally you don't get to hear about as much as the kind of the, the stuff you see on TV. And it's been really interesting. And Sam's interview that Matt led was absolutely fantastic. So we're carrying on with that today. Sam's gone to interview a close friend of his, James Moore, who was equally interesting and refreshingly honest. Um, just before we head over to that, Sam, can you just give the viewers a little bit of an insight into James and who he is and what he does? Yeah, just before I got, I didn't go anywhere. We did it on the uh, we did it on the phone. 
Um, oh, what did I say? You, <laughs> you said you just gone. I didn't. I didn't drive to Darlington to interview my friend. <laughs> uh, no, I, it's how you tell him. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, no. James is one of my best mates through golf. Really, we we shared a lot on on the Euro Pro when he was playing, but um, he had just kind of a kind of an interesting point of view on golf. Really, he's sort of done a little bit of everything. He sort of played or tried to play like I have. Um, he's done some caddying as well on the web.com tour. Um, and he's also now starting to coach. So he's kind of got kind of three different kind of perspectives on golf. Um, and after he, well, after my interview that Matt did a couple of, well, about a week ago, feels like about a month ago, but it was about a week ago. Um, James put up a post about um, whether people enjoy tournament golf or not. And then he kind of, expanded a little bit further guys that he knows on the tour and guys that he's played opens and that kind of thing and and, and he had a bit of an interesting kind of um, feedback on that and we kind of touched a little bit on that and a bit of everything really so it's just uh, it's just another interview it's quite an interesting it's an honest interview as well I'm sure you guys will enjoy it let's have a listen right hello everybody welcome back to the swingers club pod we um sort of a bit of a follow-on from my my interview episode with matt last week i've got a good mate of mine um very good player on his own right he's one on euro pro he's done a bit of everything in golf really he's had a bit of caddy and he's now starting to coach and uh, i think he's an ideal guy to sort of take the debate a little bit further and kind of spread it a little bit wider uh his name's james moore and how are you mate yeah, I'm good, mate. Thank you. You made me sound a lot better than I actually am there. <laughs> I thought it was a long intro. I thought it was about to give you my, bring out a little red book from This Is Your Life. <laughs> you probably could do, mate. <laughs> so, how's how's it going, mate? How's lockdown life? Yeah, good, good. Obviously, got the, the little one, so uh, keeping me busy. Daddy, doing, daddy. A bit, doing a bit of tips and stuff on, on the old Instagram, yeah, yeah. so it's, uh, it's keeping me going, but... Daddy daycare at the minute, isn't it? Daddy Kelsey's, daycare. Kelsey's mate. at work. Kelsey's at work. I'm doing all the all the hard stuff, so to say. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure she'd. Uh, I'm sure she'd have a question that that yeah, opinion. I hope she doesn't listen to this. Now I said that. <laughs> I think you're safe, mate. <laughs> anyway, so we'll uh, we'll crack on. Um, first Where thing... do I put my uh, car keys? By the way. <laughs> <laughs> This is not about golf, is it? No, oh, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so we'll get going. What's um so we look back a little bit on your playing days. Obviously you put um you put something on Instagram not so long ago about tournament golf, but we'll maybe get into that a little bit later. Yeah. Um so really what was it that made your kind of final decision to, to kind of hang it up? Obviously, um, you said you've got the kid now and well, you've got Finley now so it's sort of what do you was, yeah. what made your final decision to kind of finally hang it up it was it was before that um, I, I decided to caddy first before I before the before the uh, the little one came along and now I just I just ran out of money um, my game wasn't good enough and I was travelling literally all over the world panicking basically <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which, which obviously now you look back and think it was absolutely crazy, but at the time it was that carrot was dangling. Yeah. Um, well, China was your last stop, wasn't it? I think. China was pretty much my last stop. I played a few Euro pros at the end, uh-huh. um, but China, yeah, China did me in, so to say. 
Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's just in one China, isn't it? I mean, a few guys. I've heard a few horror stories from guys that have played. It's absolutely sounds absolutely mental out there. Yeah, it's 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 mental, but it's also when you look back now, it's pretty good. Like that was what started my post on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Actually, was just looking back at photos on my phone, and if you look at the courses and you think, God, they actually are really good courses. Like the pictures that I took of them. Yeah, um, yeah. Not see, but at the time, even <laughs> and you're frustrated. You've just travelled, whatever. You got jet lag. Um, the bus breaks down, or whatever, or someone cheats <laughs> whilst you're playing. It's you a lot of that going on. Out like there, that. Yeah, stories yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say that the Chinese cheat, but it's it's not as uh, it doesn't seem to be as frowned upon as what it is over here. Yeah, if I can say that. Yeah, well, I think you get away with that. I'm not sure yeah, right. no one's going to get me. <laughs> We've got many Chinese <laughs> listeners, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so after that, so you you said you you caddied for a little bit, was that? And that's for one of your best mates, isn't it? You went, yeah, yeah. And that was on like web dot com. For those, yeah, well, know, I actually did. For those of you guys that don't know, that's the tour below the the PGA. Tour, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I did. I did a month with him at the end. I basically just jumped on the John Terry Glory bus. And did his last did his <laughs> did his last four events, um, and it actually went right down to the final round, and he shot eight under in the last round, and ended up winning the order of merit. Because yeah. basically, on that tour, you don't get a full card on the web dot com unless you win the order of merit. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, a, this, yeah, yeah. So you still talk, yeah, yeah. You're talking about China now, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a massive, and... it was a massive advantage for him to win the order of merit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that was when I found out. Kelsey was pregnant. It's sort of, I mean, I was never going to stay and do it forever. Um, but it just, it just, it was just difficult. We had a great time in America, but Callum obviously didn't play as well as he, as he might have done. Um, I didn't earn any money, especially when you've got a baby coming. So just decided to, to not do it. But I mean, he could have he could have fallen out with me to be honest, and he didn't. So respect him for that. <laughs> it's weird though, isn't it? You think about how your your life might be now. Like if he'd maybe won like one of those first four events or something like that, he could be. Yeah, I mean? well, I mean, he'd, he'd have been on the PJ Tour for starters. Yeah, crazy. If you win over there on that tour, you're pretty much guaranteed to get your card. Really? Is it? That yeah, tour? yeah. Is it top heavy on that tour? Is pretty it? Pretty much. Yeah, others? you'd you'd have to play. We well, get hundred thousand dollars. Um, and it's like 500 points, but it's it's um, you'd have to play pretty bad to not get your card for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. No, that's uh, yeah. So what? So then after that, it was pretty much home. And then you're like me. Are you doing your first year of PGA now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you dropped into the coach. You know, you finding all that. Yeah, all right. Actually, I'm quite. I'm enjoying it way more than I thought I would. I am 100 percent as well. I think you don't. The thing that nobody really. Quite people don't often tell you is like how, like actually rewarding it can be. If you got like coach people for a little while, they start to come back for like their second, third, and fourth lesson. They start to see some improvement. Yeah, and then they obviously kind of attribute some of that improvement to you. It's quite nice. Isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. It is good. And I think obviously, I mean, it's no disrespect for the to the majority of assistants, but you've got guys that are they've never played out on on the mini tours let's say um so you can you've almost got something a little bit niche that people mm. want to hear about um or they potentially want to hear about you've experienced stuff that 
because it's, it's easy to just get sucked into the golf swing, isn't it? Rather than actually how to get it around the golf course. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's just a that's... lot of what I that the response I had on that post on Instagram on Saturday was a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, how I mean, everyone's different. It was amazing how many different thoughts you get from different types of golfers. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. All good players as well. Yeah, yeah. It makes it it almost makes it that more scary, really. There's no like blueprint for anybody. You've no, got to like no. try and especially if you are coaching someone as well, you've got to find that somehow try and find that sort of person's blueprint or what works for them. So yeah. what works for some person which, you know, have the same exact problem or the same exact tendencies, a different thought could work totally different for them. Yeah, yeah. And I a lot of it's I don't I don't think us as golf coaches do enough lessons on the golf course yeah no I tend to agree with that actually um, it's a, obviously I don't know whether it's because people are put off by it because it might cost a little bit more or they, everyone wants to just work on their golf swing don't they that's what it seems mm. to be um, but I've tried to do a bit of that a bit more of that but it's difficult when people just want to practice a the swing they're paying the money it's absolutely fine isn't it yeah I suppose yeah I know what you mean it's a lot of it is actually how do you manage a game once you once you get out there. I mean, you can't, you, you know, I'm sure you've given lessons with guys who just hits it great and just think, you know, how's he shooting, you know, eighty or how's yeah. he getting 28, 28 points? And yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I think it's you know, so much. There's just like so many rounds, or myself included. Your rounds of golf could be hinged on one or two thoughts or one or two shots, and so much of it is actually just somehow finding a way to like fudge it around yeah. if you're not oh, even playing that well I was a master at that <laughs> <laughs> one a Euro uh, pro yeah, exactly yeah that's what I mean it's like you, you, I, I could name you a hundred people that hit it better than me but you fancy beating them under, yeah, the, under the gun point. you know what I mean so it's not it's not yeah. that's what I was saying in the post as well or the, the video after it's mm. golf's turned into this he flushes it, he flushes it, he flushes it. And it's like, I, I think it, you've lost the the actual, uh, yeah. the point of the game is to get the ball in the hole less than everyone else. You think a lot of that is like the, you know, the, the way that it's marketed now with the track man. Yeah. And, you know, all that kind of stuff like equipment, club edge, club edge speed, carry distance, all that kind of stuff is just like the sexy thing. Yeah, it? yeah. I was having... Whereas nobody talks about how good a short game those guys on tour have no i mean well i mean even i slipped into it a bit um caddying it's obviously callum mm. if people don't know he, he he hits it absolutely miles um and we played with a guy called zach blair who oh yeah he's got his pj tour yeah, yeah, yeah. so he, he, he's like the shortest on tour yeah and i'm honestly when i first met him i thought i'm better than him <laughs> I, and you think like and then you look on his profile, and he's earned he's earned three and a half million dollars on the PJ Tour, yeah. and uh, but then he'll he'll just clip a sixty seven in every every week, but you know sort of more often than not, and you just think, yeah, actually, it's not all about who can hit the furthest, but the more TV you watch, it is all about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's not about the I actual. Think it's almost like another another side of golf that's been sort of. Well, since Tiger, really, yeah. they've sort of almost tried to promote a slightly, you know, like a more athletic golfer, haven't they? Yeah. Like you think, I think there's no coincidence that as soon as Rory signed with Nike, he's all of a sudden ripped, ripped to shreds and, I mean, hits it miles. But he hit it miles anyway. People sort of forget that. Yeah, right? yeah. Like I mean, he hit it, yeah. hit it long. 
Well, he fat Rory hit it nearly as far as thin Rory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And Tiger's lost distance probably, <laughs> like, mm. but he's well, still winning. I mean, it, it, it's as soon as Knight get involved, it, it then becomes cash, doesn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. all that sexy not... stuff, like you say. It is all. No one wants to hear about James Moore talking about how to pitch it closer. They'd rather <laughs> they'd, they'd rather watch Rory smash a driver, wouldn't they? That's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, valid point. To be fair, so we go. We, well, should we go to your Instagram post? You put you put up something the other day. You put like a you put, put a montage of about six pictures of just like the purest golf course going. Yeah. Yeah, and then you put a bit of a caption as to who actually enjoys tournament golf, and then you sort of tagged a few of your players you know, the better players, and but then it wasn't really even about that. It was kind of about everybody's golf in general. Like, does everybody actually enjoy playing tournament golf as much as they enjoy social golf? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you had quite a quite a. You said you had quite an overwhelming. Oh, it was, yeah, really. it was good players. You know, guys that played in the Open, all that kind of well, stuff. The first, the first comment on the Instagram post was from. Andrew Wilson, who came thirty mm-hmm. second in the Open last year, um, and if you have a read, <laughs> it's that honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically just said I didn't enjoy it, <laughs> which, is, which is which I was like, it's really, like a mental, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a mental thought. You think? I mean, obviously, everybody, every golfer. I mean, especially pro golfer at our level, was like the dream was always, uh, one of the dream would be just to peg it up in the Open. Yeah, it? but then. Obviously, you hear, and it makes sense as well. You know, you're sort of saying that every shot or every bogey slash birdie meant so much to him that, like, the pressure made made him not enjoy yeah, it, which yeah. is crazy. Which is, you know, which makes sense. I mean, what he picked up like fifty grand. Was, in that yeah, it was fifty. Which... But he was saying if he, you're not four shots off, which sounds a lot, but it's one around, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. You were in like I think it was something like two hundred or something. It was ridiculous. Yeah, you just yeah. think, my lord, because he was going really well in like was it the first first, first round? He had like so he was forty like, he was odd about, back nine or something. Yeah, he was like five or six under front nine or something. Was it after about ten? Yeah, I mean he did he did well to make the cut. To be honest, after that, mm. and then he yeah, he yeah. finished and he was like fifty fifth, sat in the beer tent having a beer with the, with the lads, and the rain came in and he just kept. Basically yeah. cashing in. I mean, what a great feeling that is. Oh, yeah. They've all just been watching, there, obviously. Watching your name just... <laughs> go up the lead. Just watching your name just, like, go up the board. Yeah. That, is, that is a nice feeling. So, I mean, he, he must have enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. It's, um, it's, it's such a, like... That was, that was an interesting point, really. I mean, I think when you, when you look back at your tournament golf, would you say that you... You got to say that you enjoyed it overall. Would you oh, say you, you just best day of your life? I mean, you you're living a millionaire's lifestyle with no money, but you still obviously we we probably had more of a laugh than most people staying in houses of six, seven, eight people. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you say, whether that was the right thing to do. Um, yeah, I mean, like you say, it's it's such that that's a different that's a fine line as well, isn't yeah. it? Because obviously you've got I've tried it all to be I've, honest. Yeah, mm. like we've had like four or five of our best mates, didn't we? Who we were kind of staying with. Yeah, but you know, it's different. You know, it's different characters. I mean, he I, well, he probably will care, but I'm gonna shout him out anyway. David Boover, <laughs> he's like the he's like the most like hilarious kind of upbeat person yeah. before the tournament started. <laughs> but then if he's had a bad round, he's just the moodiest guy I've ever come across. <laughs> you just think you kind of. I mean. Thankfully, there was like enough of us to where it wouldn't really matter. But 
Yeah, he, I'll put it this way: I don't think I'd want to share one on one with him if he's in that mood. Yeah, well, you're kind of a product product of your environment. Really, there's a lot it? of people like sort that. Of. I'm not going to mention any names. We know guys that have played on tour and room with the wrong person, and essentially said mm. it cost potentially cost them the card. I mean, obviously it yeah. doesn't, but it, it all adds up, doesn't it? It's, yeah, it's well, a high, yeah, kind of, high want... pressure environment. Everything matters, and you're stressed a lot of the time. And as soon as someone starts annoying you, that, it makes it even worse, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, the last thing you want people doing as well is this is a bit of a bugbear of mine. Like you come back and people are like moaning about like certain t-shirt or something like that, and you think we can the total. A total wrong line to go down for like everybody who's about to play that hole the next day. I mean, whether you think about it or you don't, you probably yeah. won't. But even if you put in that like shred of doubt or whatever into everybody else's mind, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, just yeah, such yeah. a like I've, we were quite you know good I mean? with that, but, weren't we? There was a lot of us yeah. I just think we. I mean, well, yeah. I remember not <laughs> the week being... I won. I went to Alton Towers, didn't I? The day before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you... I forgot about that. <laughs> you, you... <laughs> there's no way we went to went... any golf coaching or anything manual. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, you could go to Alton Towers the day before, to basically ring the Euro Pro up and tell them I don't fancy playing in the Pro Am because my wrist hurts. Go to Alton Towers. Oh, my shoot God. Shoot nine under the next day and win the tournament. And it's like, how this it's just crazy, isn't it, really? Yeah, that is so funny. I, I, <laughs> I totally forgot about that. And we were playing like the night before the final round. We were playing football outside, and it was like getting quite dark, wasn't it? So the ground was getting a bit, a bit of dew on the ground. And Miles, guy we're staying with, is big lad. He's just absolutely wiped out more. <laughs> He's leading the tournament at the time. You don't think, do you? The, I mean, well, I mean, no, Rory's no. done that, hasn't he? Did he play five aside and? Mm. Yeah, he like I mean, done his like tore a ligament in his ankle. I mean, got, there's a fine line between being a robot and yeah. living your life. Exactly, but I suppose I mean, if we weren't playing football, you might have been sat inside thinking about the yeah, final yeah. round or whatever. But we were outside playing football, and your mind couldn't have been further away when Miles was chasing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's all it's, it's all it's all a lot, and you I found a lot from those from the response I got that it's all mindset and situation. Mm. You speak to someone like Callum and he's got, I mean, he won't mind me saying this, he's got quite a lot of money behind him now because he's played so well the last few years. It's like a, mm. it's like a massive pressure off. Um, yeah, whereas yeah. like people don't realise how, I mean, the amount of times I ever won a decent amount of money, I was like that much in debt. <laughs> so, so you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, great, I've just won whatever, 10 grand. And oh, right, yeah, I'm just... Back to zero. Yeah, yeah. Just, just wiping, wiping yeah, up your credit card. And, and obviously, if I was doing that and having some all right success, there's going to be another hundred and odd guys doing that, maybe. Because um, yeah. people don't see that, do they, from the outside? Yeah, the money side of it is one thing that just you, you can't really state enough. Yeah. Can you? I mean, it hurts, doesn't it? I mean, my, my, my first few years are pretty much done. So I'd pretty much play six months and then work for six yeah, months. Yeah. So, you know, you, you kind of get to like sort of start off a bit bit scrappy like because you're not really tournament yeah. ready then you finally start playing well-ish kind of like june like july august sort of time and by that time you're like so far like back yeah. in the bet you just kind of pretty much like wipes your all your savings and then you're just going back into your overdraft or your credit card so it's yeah it's, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a catch-22 where you're thinking i might as well not bother working i might as well literally just 
try and stay fresh because it's costing me as much money to work almost as what it would be. Just yeah, to play. yeah. And obviously, if you're not practicing, someone else is during the winter. Yeah. So it's um, that is a that's a massive thing. I think if you're playing mini, a lot of people play mini tours and they get to the end of the the seasons are short, aren't they? I mean, what Euro Pro play fifteen mm. events and yeah, they're all yeah. like May to September, and you, a lot of people stop after that, and you just think, well. You, you can't do that. You've got to keep going. It's your job, essentially. I know yeah, it's going yeah. to cost you maybe more money, but you've got to keep playing or she, someone's going to overtake you or a bunch of guys are going to overtake mm. you. I mean, a famous James Moore phrase is back. Yeah, yourself, yeah. I think if you ever... do you The thing is, I mean, to a certain extent, I, mean, you remember, I remember you playing in like the Jamaican <laughs> Open or something. And it was like, <laughs> my gosh, you like... Two and a half grand to yeah. over there or something. Yeah. Was... I mean, there must have been like certain times where you're thinking you, I was, you know, I was thinking, I don't know whether you were thinking where you thought you maybe took that phrase a little bit yeah, too the far. End, at the end, I did. Um, my worst one was I was I was in China and I was actually, I'd started off all right and I had a bit of money to play with. And there was a challenge tour event, which was co-sanctioned with the China tour. The ranking was from the year mm-hmm. before, and I hadn't played, so I was on. I had a category on the challenge tour, but it was it wasn't very good. And I looked on the reserve list, and I was like tenth reserves. But this is on like <laughs> this is on like Monday. No, sorry, Tuesday morning. I'm like, I'm in England. <laughs> obviously, the tournament starts on Thursday, and I rung the challenge tour office up and said, "Look, I've got a visa for China. Can I be first reserve?" And they sort of phoned everyone up, said, yeah, no one else has. You can travel if you want. Spoke to Callum and a guy called Jack Monroe, and they said, oh, well, their friends was injured, hurt his wrist, so he might not play. So, obviously, I've decided to to travel to China oh, at about 5pm from Teesside Airport, 24 hours flying, oh, my. Um, to basically get there at half past nine at night. Go to the range on which Wednesday, day half past nine Wednesday night. I got there. Oh, the tournament, the tournament starts on Thursday. On Thursday. Oh I'm on the God. range at six thirty a.m. on Thursday morning, and Dayan Lawson. It was he actually was on tour last year. I see him with his wrist strap on, and he's he, and I'm thinking, <laughs> here we go. He can't hit it. He's watching him like yeah. a and he, he tried to hit a couple of drivers, couldn't swing it. So I went to the office. Um, and they said, "Yeah, you're you're on the tee. Um, get yourself what, like, yeah, literally right ten minutes you've got." So I and I'm I kid you not, I hit five nine irons on the range, and I reckon the ball went about thirty yards, the furthest one. I get on this buggy to the tenth tee, which is miles oh, away. Bear in mind, God. I've never played the course as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Four hundred eighty yards straight uphill. <laughs> Yeah, I was playing with Max Orin and I can't remember who else, but basically I hit 10 shots on that first hole and made a seven. I was hitting provisionals left, right and centre. I think I shot 84 and then shot 70 the next day. (laughs) But you know, you know, you just think like in hindsight, I was traveling over there because I thought I'm not getting in, but. The weather was that bad here, and I was playing a tournament in the same, basically the same county, the next week. So I thought the oh, facilities okay. are amazing. I thought I'll just practice. But then, when I when I was there was a stop. There was about a three hour stop somewhere, and I remember just well, I'm not I'm, I'm not 
I'm happy to say I basically just started crying, just thinking, "What? What am I doing?" Like, like you know, when it all you realize oh, what you've done. That's brutal. You just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, What yeah, am I doing happy. here? Like, why? Why? And he, I just, I just thought I'm, and that was when I started thinking, "I can't. This is getting a bit stupid." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and then <laughs> the, the tournament the week after was like, I was, I shot seventy first round. And it was, uh, I posted on that Instagram post, the top right picture, the hole that gave me the least sleep I've ever had in my life. And it was that hole. Um, and I was, I think I was, after 27 holes, I was like top 15. And I got to that hole. And it was just, I had a wedge in, I hit the fairway. And it was basically an island green, but out of bounds island green. Uh out yeah, so if you look, right. if you zoom into the picture, it's the most crazy golf hole we've ever seen. It. I mean, I'm about 25 over par for it in in two tournaments. <laughs> That's not even over exaggerated either. <laughs> like, um, and I just hit this wedge from about 130, thinking it was downwind, just clipped it, and it just it just went straight down the cliff. Um, and oh, then God. changed to a nine over the green, back to the wedge out of bounds. I just had a, one of those tin cup moments, basically. Um, oh, I think I made word. a 10 and then basically shot 47 back nine and the cut was like eight over and I was level after 27 holes so I, I was I was in trouble there mentally that was the that start was, that was the yeah, start yeah. of the end and I even think now if I hadn't have gone to that challenge to event would I still be playing now like it's a because that was the start of like <laughs> What yeah, are you like doing? Yeah, what down. are you doing? Like it was, it was just incredible. That is, yeah, I know. That is such a fine line between like backing yourself and yeah. Like, I mean, you know I, what I mean, like this. I mean, it was yeah. I know that year, the year before, I'd missed the challenge tour card by eight euros, and it would have been a decent card at the <laughs> time. Yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> and then instead, I'm flying all over the place on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I did that a few times, not as far mm. as China, obviously, but. You've just got no chance. But then you're trying to come. You're trying to compete with against obviously great players, yeah, great yeah, yeah. players that are you know just off the tour, about to be on tour, and you're playing with no practice rounds, and you travel the day before. It's just like it's never no, going to work. Really, you might get one one time where you you do all right. Um, mm. It's very rare that is, especially because the standard is so good out there. Um, mm. you, you can't give anyone a chance really like that an advantage. <laughs> oh, that's... <laughs> oh, that's yeah, yeah, that was, that uh, one, I'm not gonna lie. Pretty, yeah. pretty bad. <laughs> Backing yourself to the extreme. I was, yeah, yeah. Well, that is a little bit to the extreme, but <laughs> I don't know. But, play to I'll take my hat but, the, but the other fair. side of it is go and shoot a 75 in that first round and then shoot, then play well. And, and it, it was big money that event. You might get yourself yeah, a leg yeah. up on the challenge tour, and all of a sudden, I'm, you might be sat here talking mm. that you're a European tour player. So, yes. exactly, yeah. I mean, if you only and you only do really get a finite amount of years, it's not so. You no, it was. Forever. I mean, I had to go. Well, I didn't have to go to that one, but I had to go to a lot of them because I know how hard it is to get off the Euro Pro, and basically had a mm. leg up with doing all right and off invites, and you've got yeah. to go. You've got to give yourself a chance. Pretty sure Too my right. financial advisor would have said no, but 
<laughs> it's funny you say that. You did mention you mentioned or quite a common theme in your um in your post or whatever. You were basically you're talking about guys that have a team around them, like a team that they trust. And in the interview that we had in the last episode of this, someone asked me what I you know, what I advice I would have for a young player and I sort of to a certain extent said keep a team around you or keep a few guys around you yeah. that you trust. Um and that was kind of a common theme. If you, if you were advising a young player, what sort of stuff would you be well, would you be saying to like a twenty two year old that's about to turn um, pro? Well, I mean, obviously, the the team thing is is massive. It doesn't have to. I think the thing a lot of people that I see slip into is going to like big name coaches. I'm not trying to mm. nick, nick nick people's players, but you, I've seen a lot of people who basically just have lessons off the mates um, and or your local pro. They change to someone, a big name who can maybe, oh, he's teaching tour players. Maybe he can get me further on in my career, which, which I'm sure a lot of cases they can. But you also see a lot of that people end up losing two, three years of their career and then they're either done or they go back to their old mm. coach and start playing well and you think, God, why did I do that? Um, so I think the main thing is having yeah, people yeah. that have been been there from the beginning, really, um, and someone who you mm. can pick the phone up to and they'll answer. When, you, when you're in China and you're in tears, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> who are you going to call? Because <laughs> you need someone, I probably need someone to snap me out of that. Well, you've gone now. You've done it, and just mm. just just stick with it, um, rather than doubt. Yeah, yeah. If soon as you, soon as you doubt yourself, and especially in pro golf, you, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. I mean, I mean, like you said, I mean, it's difficult. It's a good point you make about like the tour coaches. I mean, say if you're paying, you know, whatever you pay for that that hour, I mean, more than likely yeah. it is just for that hour, isn't it? It's not so. You know, not as one of the top guys on tour. You can just you can just drop a text to or a swing to, and they're going to get back to yeah. you within a couple of days because you know they'll have got they've got guys that are paying them yeah, and, and, and every listen, month. Obviously, you're a long way down the list, which is which is fair enough. And like you're not you you know, whereas if you you're with a guy that you know, say for example, if I was coaching someone who was doing well, the service that you'd be giving them would be you know you. It's like any it's like anything. If you've got a business and you've got a client that's you've got a big, big corporation coming to you, you're gonna you're gonna look after them because it's gonna do you well, isn't it? It's not saying that you're you're a bad person because you've because you don't want to talk to James Moore, the peasant who's on the Euro Pro. And you want to <laughs> speak to the top fifty in the world guy. I listen I understand that. It's totally how yeah, it is. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that doesn't mean that the top guys, the top coaches are all like that. I'm, I know they're not. I've, I've had lessons with top coaches and they have helped me out. But it is, it's important if you're going to be with those sort of guys that you'd stay in contact with them, I think. It's so easy, as you Definitely, know, yeah. to lose, lose your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were, we were chatting actually yesterday, weren't we, off air? You said like... Um... With a lot of the England guys, they potentially struggle when they get off because they kind of, when you're in the England elite set up as an amateur, you kind of have access to all these great coaches yeah. and it's all set out for you. You know, you can, people to call on, etc. as a team of people around you. And then when you turn pro, you're almost gone. kind of a, yeah. you know, exactly. You're just kind of a, 
a little penguin pushed out yeah, into and, the snow on your own. I mean, well, I went out to Edinburgh. It was, it was, I wasn't in the England setup, but it was like a freedom because I was like, well, I'm not getting judged anymore. So I felt it was quite good. And I think a lot of the England guys might feel that as well. But then they don't realise how much of the practice they're missing out on, like the competitive practice. Uh, one of the guys told yeah, me that yeah, no, Tom Lewis apparently paid paid to, to come to the coaching for a year after in his first year on tour. And obviously we know how well he he played then. I don't know whether he's still doing that. He's, yeah, so, he's still he's he's earning a lot of money, isn't he? And he's a good. He's top fifty in the world, is he? Top hundred mm. in the world. So that's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's that's so interesting. Great that. decision from him, really. But all you hear in the press is how. Yeah, yeah. He won his tournament in Portugal and left Pete Cowan, so he gets bad press for that. But then no one hears about the good press that he actually paid to go back to his England coaching and compete with the lads. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting that one. I mean, you can't beat it though. I, mean, I remember going to Yorkshire funny... coaching and they used to take us to Woodall Spa, and and Willett had just turned pro yeah. and he was there practicing with us, competing. And it was like, it's good for you, even if you're playing. Like, it doesn't matter who you're having mm-hmm. a chipping comp with. You, it's, it's good. It's good for your juices, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a tough. It's it's there's so many different ways and there's no there's no like sort of right or wrong answer is there really you kind of no. and like you know when you are playing and you are on your own obviously a lot of the time there's sort of a there's such a fine line between being sort of your own best friend and saying like right come on you've you know we're good enough to win this week or blah 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 but then at the other at the other hand when the tournament's over you almost need to be your biggest most honest critic don't you, you need to be like right that wasn't good enough that needs work so you constantly sort of down that tightrope of trying to, you know, trying to be honest with yourself at the same time as, I think, to be honest, I think people probably quite often go the, the other way, don't they, where they be overly hard on themselves. But you do need yeah. to have the, you do need to have kind of both sides. Don't you need that confidence and then you need... 100%. You know, you need to know where you've messed up. Um, but also that's where a good coach comes in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because if you analyse it too much, then you're going to start thinking too much into it. It is, it's, it is a fine line, but the, the guys that make it seem to be the guys that they change it very quickly. So if it's a, a negative, it turns into a positive quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. They just kind of, that's, that was kind of my experience really from, from like top guy or guys that ended up kind of making it really. They just seemed a little bit more um, flappable. If you know what I mean? I think Aaron Rye yeah. is, I, I think is a great example for this. Like, I mean, I never, and and this is not really meant to be a slight. It might sound like a bit like a bit of a slight on him, but it's not. I mean, because I'd fair play to him because he's on tour, he's won on tour, and he's you know done bloody well for himself. But yeah. I would never have picked him out of a crowd of people in the Euro Pro saying, right, this is going to be the guy that's going to go on to win on tour. But then when you but no, when you no. play with him, I mean, he was just so like out oh, of control. Was just crazy, like wasn't just it? wouldn't. I mean, he just there was no emotions really, was there? And he just no, kind no, of no, no. Yeah. he just looked, you know, even though he wasn't potentially shooting great rounds or he was shooting solid scores, but he wasn't, you know, he was by far the most impressive, but he was just so like calm all the time. Yeah. I mean even obviously his dad walking around as well with him, mm. it helps him a lot, I think. Um and that that he, he wasn't impressive, was he? Not really well, no. And, and then sometimes it was horrendous. It was like <laughs> What what's what is that? But he, but then you when you think back now, it was so in control. Yeah, 
Um, and he obviously has got a, even better every every year as it's gone. Because mm. when I went up to the Challenge Tour, I don't think anyone would have a bad word said about yeah, him. Yeah, no, he's like the nicest guy. Is, he's got, yeah, he's really he, nice he is, guy. isn't he? Yeah, and he obviously... I saw him in Czech Republic actually when I was caddying and he he just looked so impressive. He had loads of time for me. Yeah, yeah. I've not seen him for a few years. Just just a nice bloke, really. Mm. It's a good good story, really, because they always say nice guys don't win, but he obviously did. Mm. True, mate. <laughs> well, mate, well, I, I enjoyed that. I thought it's like it's interesting debate. I think it's one of those where people quite often, you know, you, you only really seem to hear of the guys quite often hear the guys that make it the, the good stories the the feel good stories but there's a lot of guys kind of on our end isn't there that, that don't you know yeah, yeah, yeah. really get <laughs> spoken about and it's not necessarily I don't want to say it's a sob story because obviously we you know it's not as though we live bad lives or anything like that and there's a lot oh, of no, interesting I mean, stories going on behind the scenes and you know it's, it's the complete other end of a sob story <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it really I mean it's it might sound like a sob story but it's, it's obviously the, the bad times that you talk about, there's there's a million good times that we've had oh, off yeah. the golf course as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, friends you've made, etc. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you do have a laugh, and it, like I said at the start, it is it's a millionaire's lifestyle mm. without without, <laughs> without being a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, without the money, and you you do basically play golf and then sit on your ass all day and have a laugh with the lads. Mm. And go on nights out of the weekend. <laughs> that's, that's basically what happened, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, some of the time. Well, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> right, mate. I appreciate that. I appreciate you coming on. I thought that was good. No worries. Is that your first northern call? It was the first. Well, what first north of. Yeah, you are literally the first north of me, well, probably. Yeah. It's going to sound so bad compared to Hugo. <laughs> Hugo is well spoken. He, we can, yeah, he he's is. got the presenter voice. <laughs> anyway, thanks, mate. Appreciate right. that. Cheers, I'll mate. To you soon. Thank you. Cheers, Sammy. Thanks, Cheers. mate. Bye. Bye. Wow. So there you go. Thanks again, Sam, for that refreshingly honest interview. As I said, um, and thank you to James for coming on. It's it's been a great addition to the show, and it's it's really great to hear from you know the different players and get those perspectives. Um, so that's really great. Thank you. Mm. T- tears in the airport in China. I don't think we were going to get there. No, I know. <laughs> I was nearly welling up. I was nearly welling up it, listening to it. Yeah, oh, no, no, you, you can. I mean, and he's, you, everyone's been there at some point where they just think, what am I doing? Yeah. What am I doing? That was interesting. Mm. <laughs> so, some of the early, like the, uh, you know, about, about the, the, the money and the top heaviness as well over there is you, you kind of have this perception that maybe it's not the case over there, but obviously clearly is. Yeah. We kept using the phrase "we you live the millionaire's lifestyle without being a millionaire," which I think summed it up quite well. Yeah, yeah, agree. Completely. Very well spoken, young man, as well, Sam. I'm surprised you uh, have such friends. people that I rub shoulders with. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, moving on from that. Thanks again, James. That's great. Um, we want to just finish the show with a quick fire question. And we've got one here from Chris Jones. He's basically asked, should challenge and European tour players be allowed to go and play on the development tours? Which is an interesting question. Um, who wants to start us off? Uh, I'll go if you like. Go um, to be honest, it's, it's one thing that pe- people do genuinely get seriously, seriously annoyed about. Right. Um, 
I think there was there was an instant um, a couple of years ago where there was a guy who basically I'm not going to obviously name names. He'd um, basically he got his he'd sewn his challenge tour card up, so he was um, he'd already made it, put up enough money to get his challenge tour card for the next year. But he had a bit of a iffy category, so he he did it in a few starts. So he played some Euro Pro starts um, at the start of the year then played sort of half a challenge tour season, managed to play well enough to keep his card. But he also put up enough money to where he was playing in the tour final on Euro Pro. So a lot of people were absolutely fuming that he went to the the final because he could offend, he could essentially kind of cost somebody else from getting their challenge tour card, if you know what I mean. He wasn't actually playing for a challenge tour card. He was just going for the money, which I can kind of see that argument, but I... I I don't really get the, you know, I think you, there comes a point where you have to kind of, if someone beats you, they, they beat you. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. it's kind of a fair, fair playing field. It's not like, you know, it's not like someone beats you off like a 35 handicap and they shoot like five over and you've got no chance. It's still, it's still man v man. You've still just got to go and beat them. So for me, I, I understand why people sometimes get annoyed about it, especially but, in that kind of yeah. instant. But I, I don't really. I think, you know, some some of the European tour guys or Challenge Tour guys will play events to warm up and that kind of thing. And I think that's it's all and part and parcel. All, yeah, it's all part. It's their job, isn't it? It's their job. Yeah, exactly. So they, yeah, they're so all I'd... getting angry at this guy for for doing his job and going out and trying to earn a few quid. You know, he might have his Challenge Tour card sewn up, but he, you know, he might be a few bob short feeding his family that week. So I think. So it's yeah. a, it's a difficult one. I, I I don't think I'd be in the boat of people having a pop at him for doing that personally. He, he's a bit of a knob as well. It didn't really help. I don't know if it was somebody, <laughs> if it was somebody else, they might have been a bit more understanding. I think the, but... the other the other angle to look at it as well is, I suppose show show me a girlfriend these mini tours that don't want to progress and play upper level. So take that as an opportunity to kind of test yourself against these people that you want to be playing golf against week in week out. No, if, mm. if if they're if they're taking a in inverted commas step back to play, you know, to play with you, it's no different to you taking a step forward to play with them. Um mm-hmm. you know, and, and if that's if that's where you want to be then you know, just I hate the term, but just man up, deal with it and you know, go out and let your golf do the talking and if you get beat, you get beat. Yeah, totally. And I think I think the reason why it's it's a question is because there's not many sports where you can do this. Is there? No, it's not like Man Man City can just say I'm going to go and play against like Shrewsbury this weekend because I I need three you know, points. Yeah, or, or whatever it happens to be, and you, so you not know, generally there's leagues and you play within your league unless it's a cup match. But in golf, you do have the opportunity to go and enter something on a different different tour, and that's that's why it's a topic of debate because it's it's rare in sport that you can do it, but yeah. Really, not, I see no issue. It's not always quite as cut and dry as well. I mean, some people, some guys, for example, if it's an expensive week on Challenge Tour, like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example, like Finland or Sweden or somewhere like that where it's really expensive, mm. some guys will take a week off and then just go and play Euro Pro. Yeah. Which kind of, for me, almost defeats the object of having a week off, really. But at the same time, I don't really... You can't really have any qualms with that, and the, and then a lot of people look at it from the other side as well. Whereas these guys take up a spot in this event, whereas there'll be like 
a reserve list of like 50 people that then obviously those they're, they're basically stopping two guys that can't get into this event that potentially need to get in this event if you know what I mean yeah but again life's not fair is it yeah exactly like, play, like better. Be, be play, better. Better, play better at tour school and yeah get a exactly exactly so it's not uh, it's not always quite as cut it might not be quite as cut as dry cut and dry sorry as we're making it look but um yeah there are different aspects to it i know guys that really hate it and actually get really wound up about it but yeah, for me I for me don't i don't see really it. see the overly huge problem i think it. it's another one isn't it if if you were if you were one of those guys and you were playing and it was affecting you, then you're going to get wound up about it. Um, but if, if you're not, and you're just sitting here like us, like us free recording the podcast, then it's quite <laughs> yeah. easy to just brush it off, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I think, and that's, that's yeah. It. So for example, if you're playing an event that's going to fill up, then whereas in terms of a lot of the mini tour events don't fill up, so they're not actually costing anybody a spot. They're just playing to play. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm I'm the same way, really. I think if they want to play, they've earned the right to play, really. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Totally. And we're all in that same boat. Very good. And another great question from Chris, who does get in touch with us quite a bit and ask some brilliant questions. So keep them coming in, mate. And everyone else, keep them coming in. That's pretty much, unless you guys have got anything fascinating to say, that's pretty much the Swingers Club, episode 12. Episode 12. Episode 12. Wow. Nice, isn't it? Mm. So there Nothing you go. from me, mate. Nothing from you. Nothing from me. Nothing from you. Well, in that case, ladies and gents, thanks ever so much for being with us. Again, it's been fascinating. Thanks to James Moore for a really, really brilliant interview. We've got plenty more of those to come. You might even have one as a bonus yet. We haven't fully decided. So please leave us a review, five stars if possible. Any suggestions for Room 101 or quick fire questions are always welcomed. And we'll be with you next week.